sentire media. All right, so tell me if this is you. You've been dreaming of moving to Italy, maybe just for a year or a couple of years, maybe actually for a lifetime. You have a good job, you're working, maybe you want to continue to work. Maybe you can work from anywhere. You might have a successful business that lets you do that. You're not retired. You have probably zero interest in becoming a student again. And you might also have some kids or a spouse that also wants to come along with you. You're probably flexible, you're financially independent, and you're ready to make the move to Italy. But you are not Italian or married to an Italian. You're not European or married to a European. So you know that your La Dolce Vita new life in Italy is really only limited to 90 days out of a 180-day period. So the question is, how can you extend your stay in Italy, not take residency, work here and get all of the benefits of staying in Italy. Well, my friends, for some of you, I've got great news. I'm Samantha Wilson, Chief Dreammaker at SmartMoveItaly.com, and this is A New Life in Italy, a show where each week I take you behind the scenes of what it's really like to move to Italy, introduce you to some fascinating people, answer your questions, and show you how starting a new life in Bel Paese is possible for you. If you've been following me for any period of time, you know that I do a lot of visas. I work on a lot of elective residency visas, but there's also another visa that I work a lot on. And we have many people that are requesting this visa and probably because um, it's so damn good. Honestly, it's the best visa that we have in Italy. And most people think initially that it doesn't fit their scenario, but after learning the details of it, they find out that maybe it is an option for them because there are uh, little caveats inside this visa that actually might fit you too. So the visa I'm talking about and my favorite visa of all time is called the Investor Visa for Italy. Now, this is also called a Golden Visa, which you've probably heard this term referred to in other countries. Even in Italy, there's some people out there that call this the Golden Visa. They also mistakenly call it the Startup Visa. So don't get that mistake uh, lead you down the wrong path. It's not the same thing. The Italian investor visa is a visa that came about a few years ago, but really just in the last uh, maybe four years, it's really started to take off. As a matter of fact, in the last year or so, two years, it's even taken off further. And that's because the government, the Italian government made a few changes that were quite significant, not only making this visa more available for people, but also not making it as restricted as it was before. So before I start going into all of the great details of this visa, let me give you a little bit of background. So in recent years, we've seen this really almost like a growing trend of countries offering these golden visas or visas that let them have residency. I see this one guy on Instagram all the time. And uh, I mean, it's a guy's voice. So I don't know who runs the account, but he's always putting these little quick, very clickbaity bits about, you know, investing in Italy or getting visas and, and of course, leaving out all of the details that are so important. And one of the things he talks a lot about is this um, citizenship through residency. And he, he speaks a lot about it to other countries. And there has been some pushback from the European government on a lot of golden visas that relate to buying your way in to get 
citizenship, not residency, but citizenship. So just a little quick lesson. The difference between the two are citizenship is your uh, given right as a citizen of the country. So if you are Canadian or American or Australian, you are a citizen of that country or Italian. But um, residency, it's just you can be a resident of a country and not be a citizen. So the rights to reside, for example, in Italy, you have to have a way in. You have to go through immigration. And that could be that you're a citizen of Italy or a citizen of the European Union, giving you the rights of free movement to Italy, and you don't need a visa to take residency. But if you are a third country national, like from Britain, for example, or Canada or the UK or sorry, I said UK or, or uh, the US, you will need a visa in order to get residency. So the investor visa and the golden visas on many countries are really attached to residency, not citizenship. The ones that were attached to citizenship are starting to get uh, pulled because it's an easy way to buy citizenship into the European Union. And that all of a sudden gives you rights to the entire European Union. So the European governments are saying, no, that's not, uh, the council says that's not right. So let's talk about uh, this visa for uh, through residency or sorry, you get residency through this visa. Now, these initiatives are super, super popular, and we've seen them in Spain and Greece. And you might have seen the ones that, you know, in Spain, you can buy a house for, I think it's 500,000 euros, move into it, live there and get residency. The same thing for Greece. The amounts are a little bit different in Greece than they are in Spain, but it's the same concept. The difference in Italy, because Italy always has to be just a little bit different, is that uh, the investment in Italy is tied to Italian businesses. Therefore, if you uh, go for this visa, you don't buy a property or you cannot buy a property for yourself and use that as your investment. You actually have to invest in an Italian company. And there's two kinds of investments that you can make. There's two, actually, there's four different kinds of investments in order to qualify for this visa. But the two that are the most popular are obviously the investments through business, because there's also, you can put 2 million in government bonds, or you can donate at least a million for some charitable goods here in Italy. But most people prefer to invest in a company. So those two levels now are 500,000 euros into an Italian company, shares in an Italian established company like, let's say like Enel Energy or Ferrari or something like along those lines where you would buy shares worth 500,000. In one company, I will add, it's not several companies, it's not a fund. You can only invest 500,000 euros into one Italian company. The other investment level is 250,000 euros. And this is for an innovative Italian startup. And by that, I mean, it's a special designated company that is classed as innovative in so far as they're doing something, usually it has to do with tech or renewable energy or something that falls along the lines of uh, being innovative. And the company cannot be more than five years old. It cannot make more than 5 million euros. Most startups are not in that range anyway, but you only have to invest 250,000 into one single Italian innovative startup. Now, of course, investing in any startup is very risky. So you have to do your due diligence and you have to be sure that where you're investing, you're very clear on what the company is and the likelihood of any 
return, if any, on that Italian startup. Now, the people that we work with typically go, well, you know, they go for both. They go for the 500 or the 250. The people who choose the 250 are people that realize that their likelihood of getting a return on that 250 is very, very slim, very limited, but they also want to be part of this company. Sometimes we can negotiate that there's a seat on the board or some sort of um, uh, help of your experience into that company. Because typically when people invest in startups, they have something in their background that leads them, it tracks them to the segment of the company that they're investing in. So they usually have some value add to the company as well. But that 250,000 usually doesn't give a return or can maybe not give a return because it is just a startup. So the people who choose that are people who maybe just don't want to spend 500,000 or don't have the 500,000 and or they understand that, um, you know, in a way they're buying their way into residing in Italy if they don't have the option for any other visa. The people who choose the 500,000 level are people that want more security. They want to have almost, not guaranteed, of course, because it's an investment, but a pretty surefire return on their money. For example, Enel Energy, a lot of our clients are investing in Enel. And I think the return a year is, you know, upwards, getting close to 20 grand a year, maybe something like that. I mean, don't, don't hold me to that because it does change. But, you know, these are dividends that you're going to be earning money. So it's not just sitting there. And you can also, you know, sell your shares a lot easier if you're planning to end the investment. So these are the decisions that you have to make on what level you want to invest. But the reason you choose the investor visas are similar to each other. So regardless if the amount is 250 or 500, you get the same benefits for each level, which means that you and your family can move to Italy. You get a permesso di soggiorno, a permit to stay, and it's valid for two years years to begin with, and then it renews for another three years, and it actually can continue to renew on and on as long as you maintain the investment, the original investment that you had. You don't cash it out, or you don't sell the shares, or you don't change it. And there is no more limited amount of time that you must stay in Italy. So if you want this visa because you want to come and go as you please, but you don't want to be tied into Italy for a certain period of time, this is a really good option. The other great thing about this investment visa is that it allows you to work. You and your whole family can work in Italy. You can start a business if you want, or you can continue to work in the company or business that you're in now. There's no restrictions to that whatsoever. The other great thing is you do not need to have a home or a rental apartment prior to your arriving in Italy on the Promesso di Soggiorno. You can actually apply for that from an Airbnb. So it makes it just seem a lot easier. Now, the biggest turning point on why people choose the investor visa over, let's say, the elective residency visa, and that is usually for one reason, well, two reasons, but mainly for one reason, and that is that they do not have passive income or enough passive income to satisfy the needs of an elective residency visa. Now, to give you just a little bit of a uh, overview again, the elective residency visa is for people who want to retire to Italy. That's not a requirement that you are retired. However, the requirements of the visa tend to attract retired people because you need to have passive income, quite a substantial amount of passive income, which are usually 
um, you know, social security or pensions, these kinds of things that you get when you are a retired person. And it's quite substantial. So you need upwards 40,000, 50,000 euros net coming in a year in passive income. And we have a lot of clients that maybe have worked for themselves for a long time and they don't have this passive income or they're younger, they still want to work, but they have 250,000 or 500,000 that they have available in order to make this investment and give them the freedom to come and go as they please on the investor visa. There's also no requirement for residency in Italy. So this is a big one too. The elective residency visa in the name itself, elective residency visa, you are um, supposed to be taking residency, moving your taxable residency from your home country to Italy on that visa. Whereas the investor visa does not require you to do this. You can come and go as you please and you do not need to establish residency, which can be very important for some people because moving your taxable residency from your home country into Italy can have some pretty significant tax consequences if it's not planned well. Now that doesn't mean that you can come into Italy on an investor visa and just move here lock, stock and barrel and never leave or take residency. Because if you do that, if you move the center of your life to Italy and you live here full time and everybody is here and your whole life is here, you are in de facto a resident, a taxable resident of Italy and you will trigger that. But if you're using this visa to come and go as you please, maybe, you know, stay six, five months, go home for a month, come back again, you know, after a month, you can do those kinds of things here, as long as the center of your life is not in Italy on the investor visa. So there's all kinds of really great benefits. The downside of the investor visa, clearly it's, it's about making the investment. It's about spending the money, putting the money into, investing the money into an Italian business. And this is usually the stop for some people. They can't, they just don't have the capital. Where people are finding the capital and where most of our clients are coming to us about this visa is maybe they've sold their home, their big family home, and they have a lot of cash flow, no passive income. They don't want to take residency. They want to be able to come and go. They still want to work. They want to bring their family. All of these kinds of things make the investor visa really flexible. The other beauty of the investor visa is that you do not have to actually make the investment until after you've arrived, after actually three months after you've ar arrived in Italy. So it's kind of safe in that regard as well, because if something happens and you go down the visa pathway and after you've arrived in Italy a month later, something has happened in your life that has made you change your mind, you haven't made the investment. You actually just cut and leave. If you do, your Promesso di journal will be canceled, but that's all there is to it. So there's a lot of um, steps along the way that can keep you relatively safe while investing your money in these types of businesses. So here's the process. I'm going to tell you the process that you can expect on an investor visa and the timeline. First of all, you should start to prepare for this visa and it's not something you can do on your own. You do need help because we have to present you to a committee and it is a committee for the investor visa that's made up of officials, Italian officials and ministries, ministers and all of um, uh, the government officials that make a decision on your application. And inside this application, there is numerous documents, of course, this is Italy, but there's also, we have to show them that you have the funds for the investment liquid. 
So that's either 250 or 500,000. And this has to be liquid in your bank, not in a fund somewhere where you say, oh, I'll just cash my shares in and get the money. No, it has to be cash in a bank. And we also have to show who you are. We have to show that you have a clean criminal record check. And we have to show where you're planning to invest. So you have to make the decision on where you're going to invest at the time that we apply and present you to the committee, but you don't actually make the investment. We present your application to the committee and they have usually about 30 days to make a decision on whether or not they will give you what's called a nulla osta. And this is a clearance. And sometimes we get nulla ostas for other types of visas. In this particular one, we need the nulla osta that says there's you know, no reason why you shouldn't get the visa, the investment visa based on your application. And this nulla osta once issued around 30 days to 45 days after we've applied is valid for six months. So after you get the nulla osta, you have up to six months to decide when you want to actually apply for the visa, which is what will the vehicle that will get you into Italy. When you decide on that date, you will go to the consulate that you've designated already and you will apply for the visa. And this is an investment visa, so everything is supposed to be fast-tracked. So it should be only a couple of days to get your visa at the consulate. And then you arrive with your visa in Italy when we start the process of getting your permesso di soggiorno and all of the paperwork in order for you to take advantage of the visa. Now, here's another benefit of the investor visa and the difference between the investor visa and the elective residency visa. When you apply for your permesso di soggiorno, your permit to stay, if you're on an elective residency visa, this permit could take you up to sometimes over a year to get. You might have a receipt saying you've applied, but about a year to get this actual permesso di soggiorno. And during that wait, you can't travel to any other Schengen country. You're stuck. You can go out of the Schengen, like you can go back to your home country or another non-Schengen country, but you can't travel through the Schengen. So you're sort of handcuffed until you get your permesso di soggiorno, which can be over a year on the elective residency visa. The permesso di soggiorno on the investment visa, on the other hand, is fast-tracked. So usually within about a month-ish, this is Italy, so it depends on where you're applying. Uh, and you can apply anywhere, by the way. You can, any comune you like. Now, normally we work with, um, we have some comune that are faster and easier to work with, and we'll tell you who those are. But anywhere you choose, technically you can apply. And the permesso di soggiorno, usually you'll get it within a month-ish. And then you're free as a bird. You can come and go as you please. You can travel around to Schengen regions. Of course, you're still 90 days bound in other Schengen region. But, um, you know, sort of the biggest bulk of the work is done at that time. And the Promesso di Sojourno is the immigration road. So you'll go down the immigration road, get your Promesso di Sojourno and stop. You do not then have to pass down the residency road unless, of course, you want to. If you do not want to move your residents to Italy, your taxable residents at that time, you don't have to. You can actually take time to decide if that's something that you want to do. And again, I always use the interchange of the words of freedom with this visa because it does allow you so many uh, options and so many um, points along the way that you can make choices that are best for you based on your specific situation. 
So to recap, the investor visa is either 500,000 or 250,000, 500 in a regular company, in an SRL regular company, which is like an LLC, for example, or 250 in an innovative startup. You must keep this money and this investment ongoing to maintain your permit to stay. Your permit to stay is good for two years, renewable for another three years, and can continue to be renewed as long as you maintain the investment. So here's a big question. What happens if your 250,000 euro investment goes bankrupt? It's a startup after all. What happens if you lose that investment or that investment closes? Well, it's a really good question and one that we get often because it's such a good question and because we're dealing with startups. And here's the best answer I can give you. And this answer is based on discussions we've had with the committee that issues the NOLA Ostas for the investment visa, with the Minister of Economics, with our lawyers, and um, just as a general census of other people who do help like we do with the investor visas. The problem is, is that investor visa has not been going long enough to test this scenario. So although in theory, we could say you have made the commitment to your investment, therefore fulfilled the requirements of the visas, therefore, regardless of what happens to the investment, to the company, you should be afforded the rights of that visa. Now we can leap and say that in theory, that's how that should work. We don't know how it's going to play out. What we can say is that the timeframe that it takes in order to dispose of a startup that has investors in it, in Italy, can take upwards of eight to 10 years. So you can do the math. If it's going to take that long for something to be disposed of to the point where you actually don't have an investment anymore, where the decision could be to revoke your promesso di soggiorno, we're talking eight to 10 years into the future after the point of your investment. So what happens in the most people's mindset is they first don't intend to have the investment for that long. And second, what a lot of people with 250 euro investments choose to do is invest in that, come here as a resident, start establishing residency for five years. At the five year mark, they try to apply for an EU long-term permit, which is valid for 10 years. So the goal is to use the investor visa at the startup phase for an initial five years, after which time they can apply for an EU long-term permit, which is good for 10 years, and then they can dispose of their investment. And they don't need that any longer to maintain their 10-year promesso di soggiorno. And remember the milestones in Italy when after residency are five years from legal residency, you can apply for an EU long-term permit, which is good for 10 years. And this is good for whatever visa you arrive here on. Your milestones are five years to an EU long-term permit and 10 years to citizenship. So often people will use the investor visa as a bridge to get from zero to those dates, zero to five years or zero to 10 years. So now that we've talked about the basics of the investor visa and what the benefits are to trying to apply for this visa, I want to talk about timing because this is always a big question that people have. How long does it take to get the investor visa? How long do I have to make the investment? And um, you know, what are the problems along the way? Normally, when we are working on an investor visa, we tell our people that you should plan about six months from the time you hope to arrive in Italy to start the process. 
So at least six months in advance. The time that can take long or increase that amount of time is trying to decide on what investment you're going to make, what company you're going to invest in. If you are choosing the 500,000 euro level, it's pretty quick. There's not a lot to do. Well, there's a lot of work to do, but there's not a lot to make a decision because you're buying shares in a public, usually a public company. So you can look at the uh, balance sheets and you can look at the returns and make your decisions that way. Well, we have a financial advisor that we help you with as well. However, if you're making the 250 innovative startup, there are a lot of questions you're going to have and we have to help you answer those. And you really need to feel comfortable with the investment and the company and the people behind the company that you're investing in. Now, we don't tell you who to invest in, but we help you answer the questions that you have about the company. And we do that by setting up meetings. We have um, uh, a lawyer that deals only with innovative startups, 10 years of experience to understand the real startup in Italy to help you understand the terms to add the questions to ask, to negotiate the right term sheet for you and give you an indication of whether or not the investment or the company is actually a good investment or not. We also can, we do the translations and we organize everything for you so that you're not alone. However, it will take you some time. And although we have a list of government innovative startups, the government list is very outdated as you can probably expect. We do have a portfolio of innovative startups from our past clients that we have already done the due diligence on that we share with as well. That can help speed up some of your time. But also where this extra time can be is just in your decision making because you need to plan for this. You need to think hard about it. Some of our investor visa, 250 investments, make a decision pretty quick, maybe a month. That's all it takes. And then we've had some that have taken over a year to actually find the right investment, the right company that they feel comfortable in and choose the right investment. And remember, we cannot make the application. We cannot present you to the committee until you've made that investment choice, not the investment, just the choice. So this can often uh, increase from six months up to further, you know, up to a year if it's taking you longer to make that decision. Once you have made the decision and we've presented you to the committee, then it can take up to 30 days, sometimes 45 days, depending on how busy the committee members are in the time of year. Please remember August in Italy, we are all hanging out at the beach or going to the mountains. Nobody is working. So don't expect to get anything done in the month of August. Factor that into your planning as well. So we have about 30 days to 45 days for the Nola Asta. And then after that, it's your free time. You decide when you want to arrive in Italy. You decide. You have up to six months from the time we get the Nola Asta in order for you to arrive here. And then we start the process. And the, the goal is for the process to go fast because it is supposed to go fast. It is an innovative start or an investor visa, which is supposed to be fast-tracked in all counts, but please remember that this is still Italy. And sometimes you can go to some questura, some immigration offices for your promesso di giorno, and they don't know what an investor visa is. So we have to educate them and re-educate them and, and sometimes actually fight with them in order to push the applications for the promesso di giorno uh, through quicker. Typically in some comune or some questura, we should be looking at about a month to get your permit. 
And then in some, it's taken a couple of months to push through the bureaucracy and the hard-headedness of some of the officials. But in any case, it's much faster. So six months from the time that you want to arrive in Italy, you should start planning for your investor visa. I'm sure now you can see why I love this visa so much, why I think that it is, it is the most flexible and free visa that you can get to let you do anything that you want, really. You can work, you can come and go as you please. You do not need to take your residency. And you don't have to be here for a certain period of time. And the investment levels have dropped. Just before COVID, they actually dropped. They used to be 1,500,000. Now they're 500,000 and 250,000. So for some people that is actually doable now. And it could be the best way for you to just dip your toe in a life in Italy and wait until you take your full taxable status and move here full time. Come here on the investor visa, feel it out, come and go as you please, or stay for a full time or for your lifetime here if you like. The options are yours. That's why it's so great. And that's why I think you really should consider whether or not it is an option for you. Now, if you want to get some more information about the investor visa and the ways that our legal team can help you really safely apply and um, manage this visa, just have a look at our website at www.smartmoveitaly.com slash investor visa. And you can book a call and we can have a chat with you about your situation and see if it's the best one for you. Now, sometimes the investor visa is not the best investment or the best visa for you. Sometimes it might really be the elective residency visa, but until you really understand the difference between the two and put that together with what your goals and your needs and your wants are, you won't really know for sure. I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope I have given you a new more information about this amazing new visa. So make sure you join me next week at A New Life in Italy. We'll see you soon. Same time, same place. Ciao for now. It's time for listener questions. Just like the old radio call-in shows, my team has picked three listener questions all left on our voicemail. I have no idea what these questions are, but I haven't been stumped yet. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, Sam. This is Brandy. Um, as you know, we currently own a home in Puglia, but my husband is still employed in the United States, so we do not qualify as of yet for the ERV and may not be for several years. He likes working. He is a partial owner of the company he works for as a chief research officer, and the company is a marketing and scientific research company with clients all over the world, mainly in England and the EU, but they do not currently have any office anywhere outside the United States. Would you have any fancy ideas of how we might be able to obtain a visa to be in Italy more than 90 days at a time? Um, please note, we do not have the capital at this time for an investment visa and no possibility of citizenship via family. Well, the representative visa is a visa actually that made a bunch of noise a while back. I think it was posted in a lot of Facebook groups and people became quite, um, I think a bit confused about the representative office visa. 
And it doesn't, it's not a visa for an independent person who has a small business and they're the only employee and they're going to, you know, think, oh, I'm going to open up a representative office in Italy and bring myself there as a visa. That's not what that visa is for. A representative office visa is for very much what you've just described for your husband, which is probably um, very doable if his company, of course, wants to go to the time and the expense to do it for you. But technically, what it means is that there's an American, in your sense, you're American, so there's an American company that is considering a presence, opening a presence, opening an office in Italy and doing business in Italy. But before they jump in and do that, they're wanting to see if there really is a market for their business in Italy. So what they can do is set up a representative office, which is an easier way to almost do market research because there's no sales, no um, ordering involved when you're there as a representative of the office. So for, in other words, the American office can open up an office, apply for a visa to send a managing director to Italy in order to market the business, in order to make connections, to network, to decide if it's really a good idea for that American company to make a presence and establish a future presence in Italy. That person, that representative that would be getting a visa to go and do that work in Italy cannot take any orders, they cannot make any sales, they cannot make any money. They have are just there specifically for marketing and networking purposes. And now the, there is, this is Italy, so there is a tremendous amount of uh, paperwork that's required. It's not impossible. I mean, people do representative offices all the time, but it will take you quite some time. And there is a lot of paperwork and a lot of documentation and some costs that's going to be associated for your husband's company. So he'll have to talk to them about that as well. They also have to show that he is getting a certain amount a year in order to obviously support himself while he's here on the visa. You as a spouse could absolutely come with him if he gets that visa, which is typically good for one year at the uh, for the representative office. And if you are looking for help for a re representative office, it is really a good idea. His company is going to need to hire an immigration office in Italy to do that. There will need to be a lot of documents and a lot of proof that the company in the U.S. is structured in the right way in order to suffice and meet the requirements of the representative office in Italy. But Brandy, yes, it's absolutely a possibility for you. Hi, my name is June and I have a question about the elective residency visa. I've been hearing conflicting stories, so I want to make sure I am on the right track. If I apply for the ERV, can I still work outside of Italy? I have heard and read that you can't generate an income from within Italy, but if it's outside of Italy, for instance, if I work remotely from for a company from the United States, Am I able to still get the ERV? Well, I have some bad news for you, June. I'm sorry to say. If you apply for the elective residency visa, you cannot work in any way, shape, or form, including uh, if you have a remote job for a company outside of Italy. This is a really big misunderstanding from a lot of people because I think maybe it just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, does it? You know, why can't you, if you have a job somewhere else, why can't you come here on an elective residency visa with the financial uh, support, meaning you have the passive income to qualify for the ERV? Why can't you work for somewhere else? You're not 
taking a job from Italy? Well, the rule is really very, very clear. It's crystal clear, as a matter of fact, in all of the consulates that you go to apply in, the requirement says very, very clearly, you cannot work while on this visa. And this is why we always refer to the ERV as a retirement visa, because you can't work in any way, shape or form. You have to be able to live on dividends alone. And then the question will arise, well, how do they know really? I mean, how are they going to know if you're working remotely anyway? Well, how it can come to light, and you really don't want to take these risks, but how it can come to light is when you're renewing your Promessa di Sojourno after the first year and every year after, you can and often are asked for your bank statements and your income tax statements that you are following the rules and you're claiming all of your income to Italy. And when you become a resident of Italy, you have to claim your worldwide income and assets. So therefore, if you're earning money, doing something else, working on the side, because you haven't said anything, and all of a sudden you're showing some extra money in your bank account, income in your bank account, you're going to have to justify that, which could end up in exposing the fact that you are working. So the short answer is very clearly a resounding no, you cannot work on the elective residency visa at all from anybody, anywhere, anything you're doing remotely even is classed as work. Good luck. I hope that that helps. And, uh, you know, the only other visa that you can work a little bit on is the student visa. You can work up to 20 hours a week on the student visa. And of course, the self-employment visa or the investment visa are also options. Hi, Samantha. I'm just wondering if you could answer a few questions for me concerning the driving license in Italy. I have a Canadian license and how long would I be able to drive on that license before I have to change it? Thank you. Driving in Italy is um, necessary, depending on where you live. In some places, especially if you're moving to Italy to retire and you're choosing a 7% zone, for example, these could be really remote areas. So um, needing to drive and wanting to drive are usually really important factors in where you're deciding to move. And the reason I'm telling you all of this ahead of answering your question is because when you move to Italy on a driver's license that does not exchange the Canadian one, American one, Australian one, all of these do not exchange into an Italian version. What that means is that you are permitted to drive on your Canadian license for 12 months after the point of residency. Not the point of when you arrive or the point where you get your permesso di soggiorno, your permit to stay, but after all of that's done, you will apply for your residency. And it's from that date forward, 12 months from that date forward, you're permitted to drive on your Canadian driver's license with an international driver's permit uh, attached. After that 12 months, you cannot drive any longer. You'll be an unlicensed driver unless you take and pass an Italian driver's license test. Now on a future episode, I am going to go into great detail about the Italian driver's license test because it is notoriously difficult, but it is a step and a stage that you'll have to do if you want to continue to drive in Italy. This is why at the beginning I talked about where to choose where you're living because if you cannot drive after 12 months, you don't want to go through the Italian process of getting a new license or you're not successful in getting the new license. You do not want to be stuck in the middle of nowhere with no car 
in order just to go get some milk for the day. So all of these things need to be put into play and into your consideration at the early stages of planning to move because your driver's license will end after 12 months of legal residency. Well, that's all for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions about visas, citizenship, property, and well, really anything about moving to Italy that you would like me to answer in an upcoming episode, please feel free to send us a voicemail at our website at smartmoveitaly.com slash podcast, or just click on the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you can find all of the resources and the links to the people and the places that I mentioned in this episode inside the show notes. Ciao for now. A New Life in Italy podcast is a production of Sentire Media, created and hosted by me, Samantha Wilson. Production by London Nero, research and script by Maggie Marullo, and with special thanks to Ali Frothingham, Sofia Pisana, and the entire team at Sentire. Follow A New Life in Italy wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you're thinking of moving to Italy, whether full-time, part-time, or for a lifetime, come and see me over at smartmoveitaly.com and we'll help you get here and start living your best life. And don't forget, if you love this episode, please rate and leave a review. It's much appreciated. I can't wait to meet up with you again next week, same time, same place. Ciao for now. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.